Father, we do specifically lift up these two families and just uh, the very recent uh, loss of loved ones. But Father, we know that you, you understand our pain, our sorrow, our grief. Lord Jesus, you can sympathize with us because you understand. You understand. And it is because of your suffering, your death, that we have hope at such a time like this. Because just as surely as you walked out of that grave, alive forevermore, so we who are in Christ, in a relationship with you, also will live even though we die. So thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son, for his death, burial, and glorious resurrection that brings hope to all who will believe. And now we pause to say, please, Lord, we have had a great service of praise and worship and fellowship through the offering, through communion, and now through your word. Help us draw near. Help us learn. Help us live. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, a couple of things very, very quickly, and, and we're just uh, a little short here. Uh, I, I, I've gone a little long with some things, but anyway, forgive me, and, and just sit there and be quiet and listen. No, no, I don't mean that. Do we have that slide, Coke machine? Oh, there it is. I was looking down here. There it is. How long has that been going on the screen? It's been up there for several months. Every Sunday morning it's been up there. Now we're not making fun, we're not making fun, but we're testing the effectiveness of our announcements before church. <laughs> we had one person. Over the last three months we had one person get a free Coke. <laughs> Guys, look, please don't, don't be offended. We're all guilty. We're all guilty because we come in, we fellowship with each other, and we're sharing and this thing that you know. But it, 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 we do run a lot of stuff up there before service starts, a lot of slides, a lot of information. And so please take this as an encouragement, not a criticism. Uh, but uh, we're, we're not giving out any more free Cokes, okay? But uh, a lot of information is up there. And so the slide is going to disappear, and uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Catherine, didn't you get the, the free pop? I think she's helping with the, uh, uh, with the lunch, yeah. Oh, Shane, you got one? Okay, we had two then. I'm sorry, we had two. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Just a little playful, a little playful stuff. That's all right. Seems like there's something else, but that's not important right now. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, please. We'll be reading from 1 John chapter 5, the first five verses. Follow along with me, please. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. 
And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Father, we pray that your blessing would be added to the word this morning, the reading of your word. And Father, our, our, our hope, our prayer, our faith is that the Holy Spirit will cause these words to live in us. This is your word to us. May we receive it and may we live it for the glory of your Son, whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I first of all want to give uh, Jim McKay and ABC Wild World of Sports credit for the title of the sermon today. But I'm going to ask a question, and I, 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 it seems like this has been brought up many, many, many years ago, but how many people here know who Vinko Bogota is, or was? Actually, I think he's passed away. Does anyone know who, who Vinko Bogota was? In 1970, competing in the Olympics in Munich, Germany, a young Yugoslavian, which is now Slovenia, made a run down the ski jump slope. A fresh snow had created a surface that radically increased his speed, and in an effort to adjust, he lost control. Inko Bogataz, the Yugoslavian, the youngster, his inexperience, he fell on his first jump. A lot of speed in that track. Look at, Look at him go! Oh, oh. oh, baby. He had some broken bones, uh, but really minor injuries compared to how catastrophic that appeared. For the next... Years to come, Jim McKay, the announcer for Wild World of Sports, coined this phrase. And he basically begins with bringing you sports from around the globe, presenting the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Over the years, the thrill of victory had many, many people highlighted in the opening slides, from Muhammad Ali to uh, uh, race car drivers to, to all kinds of sports celebrities were highlighted in the thrill of victory. All of them winners. But one never changed. The agony of defeat and Vinko Bogota remain forever known as the agony of defeat. Well, today... We are faced with a choice. Are we going to live in the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat, spiritually speaking? And I would even ask the question, have you ever met or talked with a Vinko Bogota who just seemed to never be able to get out of defeated lives or defeated living? 
You see, too many professing Christians have chosen to live in the agony of defeat instead of the victory that is ours through Christ Jesus. Let's see what John has to say about the thrill of victory, okay? But just think about the, the, the legacy of Vinko Bogotash. I think he did actually go on to become an artist uh, and competed some later on in his life, but just never returned to the, to the world stage as a competitor. The first thing I'd like us to examine from our text this morning, and we're going to be talking about saving faith, and, and I, want to, I want to preface this message by saying this, saving faith is going to appear in all four points, and saving faith is that faith which saves. Is that simple? <laughs> It's that faith which saves, which means we come as repentant sinners confessing our need for a Savior who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Saving faith provides us with a new father. This is the beginning of our journey. Now, we've already touched on this in previous messages through the book of 1 John. But saving faith provides us with a new father. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Remember back chapter in back chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. Here again, we are celebrating our adoption. We have been adopted into a new family, which is going to come in just a moment. But with that family, obviously, we get a new father. Our old father, spiritually speaking, was the devil. Jesus made this very clear in his dialogue with the Pharisees one day. He said, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father. Listen, that's powerful. Listen to the words of Christ again. He says, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would have been doing the works of Abraham did, but now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father. They said to him, We are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. Do you hear that, brothers and sisters? That, that, that's important for us to understand. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he who sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. You see, like the Pharisees, and Jesus goes on to say that, 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 that their father, the devil, was the father of lies. He's a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. That's, that's pretty clear. But like the Pharisees, every one of us is born with that same sin nature. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. People are going to get their hackles up now. You know, what are hackles anyway? I've heard about getting them up. But 
Yeah. If you have never been born again by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your spiritual father is still the devil. Is still the devil. Well, isn't everyone God a child of God? The answer is simple. No. No. Only those who have been born again can be a child of God. Listen to what John says in his gospel account. In the record, in chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, speaking of Christ here. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, is coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who are born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Brothers and sisters, only through new birth. Only through regeneration, only through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit can one become a child of God. Secondly, saving faith places us in a new family. You've all heard it. Uh, spend a little time here before. You can pick your friends. You're stuck with your family, folks. We're, we're, we're stuck with one another, right? Everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm stuck with you. And glad of it. And glad of it. Amen. We once lived in a world separated and alienated from God. Brothers and sisters, this is so beautiful. It says, the scripture says that we were once enemies of God. Enemies. But listen to what Peter says about us now. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. He's talking about us. He's talking about us, believers. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you, that's us, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Praise the Lord. Hello, Daddy. Amen. We refer to God as our Father. We pray prayers, our Father who art in heaven. These are more than titles, my friends. These are more than designations. This is who we are, children of God who have been born again. Paul writes in Romans 8, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Loving one another is the evidential proof that we love God. Blood is thicker than water. We are united together by the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed and washed by the blood, redeemed by the blood, forgiven by the blood, adopted because of the blood, justified through the blood, sanctified by the blood, secured by the blood. Hallelujah. We are one. We are one body. One body. Sharing one common faith and one common hope. We are family. I want a verse in song. We are family. Oh, no. It was bound to happen. I digress, J.D. I'm... We are family. We are family. Loved by our Father, brothers and sisters in Christ together. You know, that's what, what makes you want to hug somebody. Wasn't that precious, those children this morning? Just, just going out and greeting, and the first, the first question asked was, can I hug them? Can I hug them? Yeah, yeah. New father, new family. Point number three, saving faith presents us with a new focus. A new focus. We now look at the world differently. We see things through the eyes of saving faith. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We now look through these eyes of faith, and we see what was once unseen. We see the reality of Christ. We see the reality of our hope. We see the reality of glory. We see all of these things, and sometimes we see it dimly, as Paul says right now. We see a little dimly once in a while. But then, then one day, just like Brother Tom Garrett, just like that, we're going to see fully the glory of God and the hope that he has provided for us, my friends. That's what changes. Everything changes at the moment of salvation. We have new lenses that we look through that gives us a new focus on life. We begin to Think more about eternity and, and eternal things, things with eternal value. And as we do that, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Great song. Do you know it? Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. New focus. Amen. Amen. We live to serve the Lord and others now and not ourselves. We desire to please him above all, which means we obey our new father. One author, and I, this was, uh, I don't know who said it. I wrote it down. But it said, everything in all creation obeys the will of God except man. The wind, the waves, the sun, the moon all obey. The trees will clap their hands and the mountains tremble. The universe submits to his sovereign role and man 
rebels. And man rebels. Oh, that man should be so obedient as even the rocks who would cry out if man did not. Our new focus is Christ himself. Hebrews says, the writer of Hebrews, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God in glory. Amen and amen again. Let us continue. Philippians 4. Finally, brothers, how does this focus change? How does this focus change the way we live? Listen to what Paul writes to the church at Philippi. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Hear God's word this morning, my friends. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are all above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death therefore what is earthly in you. Brothers and sisters, that is the victory. That is the thrill of victory. The thrill of victory. We have looked at our new father, our new family, our new focus, and finally, saving faith propels us into a new future. Into a new future. This is just simply a new way of living, a new way of seeing things that, that are lying ahead of us. Understanding our identity, and this is what this all comes down to, understanding our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. This is the victory of our faith. Faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The person who overcomes the world is the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. It is not faith in ourselves or anything else or anyone else, but faith in Christ that gives us the victory. The world you will have in this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So if he's in me and I am him, I have overcome with him when Jesus died. We died with him. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. When Christ was buried, we were buried with him. And when he arose, we arose with him. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life, Romans 6, 4. When Christ ascended to heaven, guess who went with him? This is important. Guess who went with Christ on the day he ascended to heaven? Everyone who believed and everyone who would believe after that. Positionally, positionally, we are seated. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. Positionally, we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies right now. Amen. That is our identity, our position. Experientially, we're on the way of getting there. In other words, we are on a journey to where we've already arrived. You got it? 
We're, we're going we're gonna to meet ourselves there because we're already there, and when we get there, I'll be where we're, there with me. Something like that. <laughs> but, but more importantly, it isn't about me or you or anybody. It's about who we'll be with. It's about who we'll be with. We'll be with Jesus. We'll be with Jesus forever and ever and ever, singing praises to his name. And, and I've heard people say 24 hours a day. No, no, that no longer exists in glory. There is no 24-hour period. <laughs> There's forever, forever, just to be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. So all of that to say this, what then shall we say to these things? Paul says in Romans chapter 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Victory. Victory, by the way, is, comes from a neat little Greek word. It's actually Nike, which is the name of the goddess of victory, a Greek goddess. That's why I won't wear a swash symbol or wings. We are not kept nor saved. By the greatness of our faith, my friends, but by our faith in the greatness of our God. Please remember that. If you, if you forget everything else, we are not saved nor are we kept by the greatness of our faith, but by our faith in the greatness of our God and Savior. But the Lord is faithful. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. For the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. That is our invitation to life and the thrill of victory. Please do not leave here in the agony of defeat. Please do not. It is far worse 
than even an Olympic com competitor breaking a couple of bones. Serious enough. But to live a life spiritually in the agony of defeat is a tragedy above all. Father, thank you for the victory that we have in Christ. Thank you for the life that we are promised through Christ. Not, not just eternal life. That's great. Man, that's fantastic. But you promise abundant life now. The fullness of life. Now, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be sorrows and joys. There's going to be times of testing and times of tribulation. But your word says we are more than conquerors through you who loved us. So even, even then, even then, Father, we can live in the thrill of victory, knowing that Christ Jesus has ascended, has ascended and is seated at your right hand in glory right now, praying for us, praying for each one of us by name as our great high priest. And for all who are in Christ this morning, we're sitting right there with him. Right there. Right there. Thank you, Father, for that absolute, unquestionable faith fact that we have. Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, risen, ascended, and coming soon. Coming soon. Thank you, Father. For it's in Christ's name that we do pray these things.